I wanted to interview people that had experience in different industries, but it's a lot harder to get a successful business owner to meet with you for coffee. It's a lot easier to invite them to be a guest on your show or to say, I run a podcast. I'd love to have you on as a guest and share your experience. It creates more of a rapport with that person. And it also has more kind of intrinsic value to them where they think I'm speaking to a broader audience instead of just Paul Stevenson or Scott Peckford. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. Scott Peckford here. Today on the show, I have Paul Stevenson. Paul is a mortgage broker, podcaster, and owner of referralmortgages.com based out of Ottawa, Canada. I invited Paul on the show because I wanted to hear about how he's using his podcast to build his network, his brand, and his business. You know, one of the things I've talked about on my other show, the 10 Loans a Month show on episode 15 is the three things I would do if I moved to your city and I set up a mortgage business and I had to build it from scratch, one of the things I would do would be to build a podcast. One of the things Paul shares is having a podcast has allowed him to expand his network to access other people. It's kind of like having a backstage pass to connect with the who's who in your market. We're actually looking at doing a workshop for how to build a podcast as a mortgage broker or real estate agent. So if you want to get on the wait list for that workshop, just go to mymortgagepodcast.com, put your email in and we will just notify you when that becomes available. That's mymortgagepodcast.com. And thanks again for checking out this episode. Hey, Paul, welcome to the show. Hey, <laughs> formal so, intro. I like it. Yeah, straight to the point, man. Tell me a little bit about yourself. How'd you get into the mortgage biz? So I'll start with the first one. A bit about myself. I'm a father first. Everything I do is pretty much for my three kids, creating experiences for them. I'm also owner of and mortgage agent for referral mortgages in Ottawa. We're basically mortgage brokering redefined. You know, we spent the better part of a year or so and looked at kind of every aspect of mortgage brokering that we liked and that we didn't like. And we tried to create a model around those pain points, as I'm sure you can appreciate. So, you know, we've given our mortgage agents the opportunity to earn 100% of their commissions, which is new, along with kind of a residual model to refer other top professionals in our industry to join referral mortgages. How I got into mortgages, long story short, I had my daughter when I was in grade 12 at 17 years old, and I had to leave high school early to attend college and work. And then I ended up leaving college early out of necessity to pursue a, you know, in quotes, safe and secure career at Bell Canada. Continued down that path until I hit a breaking point while working at TD in 2012. I loved finance, but I hated the structure that I was in at the bank. I was depressed, riddled with anxiety. And to be completely transparent with your listeners, I was even suicidal in the end. I just needed a change. You know, I needed something that would allow me the freedom to grow and to explore life, be passionate about life again. And mortgages are where I found that purpose and that passion. Right. Great intro. I mean, you must do a podcast or something, which you do. We'll talk about it in a couple of minutes here. Before we dive in, do you have a quote that's really had an impact on you? I love how quotes are memorable and portable and I have them written all over the place, but what's a quote that's had an impact on you? Yeah. Love reading quotes. I find anything that can give me a new perspective is of value. You know, quote that sticks with me is failure is the feeling of not yet understanding that which you have won. And I know that may seem like a quote about failure at first, but I found it to be valuable to remember that both my successes and my failures are not me. You know, I'm simply experiencing life and the information that I receive and how it's perceived is up to me. And that to me, that's kind of, you know, redefining success. Right. You know, one of my jujitsu coaches used to say, you either win or you learn, which is kind of the same idea, right? And the failure, like you're saying, is the lesson that you haven't figured out yet. So can you give me an example of how you've applied that to your life or business, that quote? Absolutely. Yeah, I believe I apply it through constant reflection, gratitude, growth. You know, I look at failure as simply information and an opportunity to reflect and improve. The age old adage being the river and not the rock. And when there are issues, go through them, not around them. Understanding that burying embarrassment or failure, it only compounds that feeling of fear. Almost all negativity stems from fear. 
So I try to ask myself, what am I afraid of? And action those items first. And most of the time it's failure that I'm afraid of, you know? Right. It's the thing <laughs> that holds us back. So yeah. that leads right into my next question. Can you share something specifically that you failed at, but now looking back, you see that there was a lesson in it because I found that successful mortgage brokers, entrepreneurs, we experience failure all the time, but there's always a lesson baked in it if we take the time for it. So what is something that you failed at, but now looking back, you're like, hey, I actually picked up something from it. I mean, I don't want to be too cliche, Scott, but I mean, there really are too many to count. I mean, I fail every single day. What I've learned from my failures is that it's just a natural process to life and to growth. You know, if I'd never failed, I'm never trying anything new, which sounds to me pretty terrible. And I know you share the same kind right, of lifestyle. I'm actually going to push you a little on this. So, you know, my son is great at this too, reframing. Hey, it's not really yeah. failure. It's a lesson. So give me something that was a lesson because people, we do learn from each other. So can you think of something where this yeah, so has helped you? I would say going back to what I mentioned about my daughter in grade 12, I mean, that at the time certainly felt like a failure. Telling my parents at 17 that uh, my girlfriend is pregnant and that we're going to have a baby and all these things. I mean, that was definitely at the time seen, I think, by many people to be a failure. And looking back now over the last 20 years and, you know, all the hard work that I have put in and the things that that has forced me into and forced me to grow around has been a lesson that I learned that it wasn't a failure. It was absolutely just a starting point and a shifting point. And as I said, it was something that I decided to move forward with. And other people may have found that a terrible point in their life. And to me, it was just kind of a rebirth and a fresh start. And I definitely learned from that experience. Right. That's a really powerful one. If you were to go back Back, what would you say to your 17-year-old self facing this situation, knowing what you know now? I would just say that it's temporary. In my career as a mortgage broker, you know, I've been doing this now for eight years, coming from the banking world. There's so many things that are relatable as far as starting new into something. You have to learn everything from scratch. For me at that time, it was, you know, learning how to parent. You know, at 17, you're not trained to Dude, do that. I'm I was still, still trying to figure it out. It yeah. seems like, and then they keep changing. You figure out a part of it. It's like, what yeah. the heck? This is not even a problem anymore. Now you got a new problem, right? It's a moving target. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you know, what I would say is that it's temporary. Stay in your lane, stay focused and be present. Enjoy the process. Okay. That's very good. All right. So you've got your brokerage, but you also got your personal production. I'd like to know what's something that you changed in your personal production in the last 12 months. What's the best change that you've made that's affected you or impacted you? As I kind of alluded to in the intro, we've grown a lot in the last 12 months. And, you know, the single biggest change that I've made within my business is going independent as a brokerage and offering our agents a model that empowers them and puts more money in their pockets. So COVID, obviously with the pandemic, it really forced myself and my partners to look at the inner workings of our business. We looked at the things that we did well and the things that we could do better. And we felt that, you know, what was being offered out there by the brokerages was not transparent and was not fair to mortgage agents. And we wanted to create an opportunity for mortgage agents to earn 100% of their commission. And we successfully done that while still offering the services of a full brokerage. You know, as far as what shifted, I went from being a individual mortgage agent with some partners that were doing good volume to now creating a sustainable business where we can actually support agents in their growth and allow them to be successful in the industry as well. Right. I'm very passionate about podcasts. So tell me about how long ago did you start your podcast and what prompted you to create it? Love podcasting. My first podcast was called Growcast. It was actually a podcast focused around entrepreneurship and small business. So when we originally launched in 2013, I had to learn everything from scratch, right? I'm coming from a corporate background, I had no idea how to run a business other than just what I'd read in books or seen on TV and so on. I wanted to interview people that had experience in different industries, but it's a lot harder to get a successful business owner to meet with you for coffee. It's a lot easier to invite them to be a guest on your show or to say, I run a podcast. I'd love to have you on as a guest and share your experience. It creates more of a rapport with that person. And it also has more kind of intrinsic value to them where they think I'm speaking to a broader audience instead of just Paul Stevenson or Scott Peckford, you know? So that was something that got me into it. And I 
saw a lot of value in those relationships. And then once we did that for a while, we did that for about a year, myself and Greg, who's actually one of my current co-hosts. And we realized that we should really be focusing this around our industry, something that we are experts in and something that is focused on our actual businesses. In 2017, we shifted that to the Friday wrap up, which we basically did kind of a weekly recoup of everything that's happening in our industry. It's myself, my business partner, David Warren, and then Greg Campbell, who's an owner of Blue Panda Realty here in Ottawa. And he's also a real estate agent, obviously. So we have both sides of the industry. We have the mortgage side, the financing side, and we also have the realtor side. All of our listeners are getting kind of a true insight into the local market. Not only our clients, but also other people in the industry, mortgage brokers and realtors alike have found it to be valuable. Okay, that's cool. I found the same thing. I started in background in radio Mm -hmm. and I found that if I reached out to anybody with the radio badge, you could get access. It was like a backstage pass to anybody cool and interesting. And I discovered the same thing. So what's been the biggest challenge to doing a podcast? How many episodes have you done and how long you've been doing it? So if anybody's listening to this. Yeah, so we've been doing it officially four years, but with true vigor for probably six months. So, you know, we were doing it every Friday. We were doing it live in person at first. Back in the day, at that point, we were doing Instagram live. I think Periscope was still a thing at the time. We were just trying a bunch of different avenues to broadcast it on Fridays. Then, you know, different things happen. You get busy, summer hits, what have you. So, you know, it was kind of intermittent for a few years. October of last year, we really kind of put our foot down. We hired a producer. We're doing it a lot more responsibly now. We just finished our 23rd episode today of that kind of new regiment. And it's been going very well. It's been much better received. The quality of the conversations is much better. And just for us, we have a vested interest. We're putting more time and effort into it because it's an intricate part of our business now and it has brought us business and it creates a source for people to learn about the industry. When you say it's brought you business, so do you mean like mortgage clients that you guys have been in terms yeah, of- Yeah, so direct or, clients, or your partner you know, as a realtor, has he gotten real estate buyers and listings from it? Absolutely. Yeah, both. You know, over the four years, we've had both existing clients listen, and we've also had new clients that were listeners. So we've hit both sides of that spectrum. I know if nothing else, also, it builds the relationships within the city. So when we do, or at least when we were seeing people at industry events and so on, they at least have heard your name or know who you are. And same with Greg, if he's doing a transaction with another real estate agent, that agent knows his name or has seen him and creates kind of some credibility as well in that space. Yeah, definitely. We encourage our clients to listen and we promote it to our clients and say, this is something if you're interested that we do on Fridays. And at the same time, we've had people that are listeners that reach out and say, I have a question about this and they end up converting into leads all around. It's good on both sides for existing clients. It creates further credibility and they hear that you actually know what you're talking about and can give proper advice week in and week out. And for new listeners, they also can come to you and you're a resource to them for information and eventually, you know, as a lead. Yeah, you can definitely build a ton of trust before you even get to talk to the person. So I've listened to podcasts where I feel like I know the person, right? You're like, I know them. And you meet them in real life. They're like, who are you, right? So there's definitely something to do with that. So you've been doing this for four years. My experience has been that consistency is one of the hardest things to do. How have you been able to stay consistent? We had trouble with that in the beginning, you know, trying to do it live in person, turn from a half hour show into a two hour endeavor every Friday morning, you know, driving, staying in traffic. We were doing it live at our office. So Greg would have to sit in traffic, come to our office and then another hour back to his office. And you've wasted the whole morning by the time that you're done the show. So we went digital probably beginning of last year. I would say truly the only reason that we have been consistent in the last six months has been because there's that vested interest. We're actually paying a producer now to do the show. It's done properly. You know, we're proud of it. It's something that we can actually stand behind. I'd say it's a kind of a glorified hobby, but it does work right into our business. And as I said, it's shown the fruits of its labors. Like we enjoy doing it, but also, you know, as opposed to just putting a sign on the side of the road or buying a bus 
slash shelter ad. We do a podcast and we enjoy it. It keeps our finger on the pulse. And it's you know just what I was a, thinking a new as you're talking, of sorry, it was a podcast or the new park bench. You know, park bench, people put their ad, they're going to know who you are. Why don't you create a podcast, build a great network, meet some interesting people and build trust and rapport with people before they even talk to you in real life. I think that's the genius part about it. So if somebody was thinking about starting a podcast, what would be your piece of advice you'd give them? I would say 100% to partner with someone else in the industry. We have had great success with Greg, as I said, because it just always gives us a different perspective of what's happening in the market. You know, for us, we see in Ottawa, especially prices are insane right now. They're climbing it's crazy quickly. out there. Yeah, it's a little crazy out there. Yeah, it's a lot of crazy. And, you know, every home on average is selling for over 100,000 of the listing price right now. It's just everything's multi-offer, no conditions. The market's wild. So having someone on the other side that can actually give us the insight into where prices are at and so on, it's great for listeners, but also it's just great for us, as I said, to kind of be in the know and to get that weekly update. Because if we listen to one of our episodes from last April, like the market's completely different than where it is right now. So it's interesting to see the week over week progression of where the market is. And for anyone who's been listening consistently, they'll feel that too. They'll see how things are happening. And over time, you take in a lot of content, you really do become knowledgeable in the market. Even if you're not in the industry, you become knowledgeable of what's happening in your local market, which is very important. Real estate is very intricate to every economy. So it's very important to know what's happening in the real estate market. Right. Yeah, that's really good. Okay. So I'm going to ask some rapid fire questions. You can answer these with shorter answers if you like. So what's one thing people can't find out about you from Google? I heard once that every individual is a world to discover. And I take this quote truly to heart. I'm going to say you're never going to find us on Google, but I have to say that my gratitude and passion for just human beings, you know, we both do podcasts. I just love talking to people and I thoroughly enjoy learning about them and in turn learning more about myself, just kind of that outside perspective. You're not going to find that on Google. You know, there's lots of things on there about, you know, I'm a runner. I do this. I mean, you can probably find all that on there, to be honest. Yeah, I found out you were a runner. As yeah. in, I'm like, hey, I'm also a runner. So we were talking about that before we did the show. So yes, I would say that thing that drives me is just genuine curiosity. So what's one movie that everyone should watch at least once? For me, it is The Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith. It's about a long shot that made it. It's inspiring. And to me, it's kind of relatable to me in my life. I watch it at least once a year. And it just reminds me of some of the adversity that I've had to overcome. And again, forces me to reflect and be grateful for all the amazing opportunities that I've been granted in my life. There's been a few points where I've joked about like, it's that pursuit of happiness moment where it's like, holy shit, I made it. You know, like yeah. I did it. Wow. I never thought I would be here. You know, so right. that movie is very impactful for me. That's a great movie. Have you read the book? The book is great. I have not. That's something you should add because I read it a couple of years ago. It's Chris Gardner, of course, is the guy from the story but there's more detail. It's a good one. What is one software program or digital tool that you can't run your business without? So we're big, 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 big proponents of Finmo. We use Finmo Pro and Monday. Those are kind of the two main systems. We utilize them for different reasons, but they were game changers in our business and definitely intricate to our growth. So Monday was formerly called The Pulse, if anyone is kind of in I, the I tech know space. That, but I, we use Asana, which is... I it's similar. Reason, yeah. Similar, yeah. Yeah. So it was built as a project management tool, but we love it for its automation and integration and the ease of use for our agents and staff. So Finmo Pro, on the other side, we use for our client-facing and back-end application and document storage. I'm sure most of your listeners will know what Finmo is. We've worked very closely with Finmo over the years to help them improve their systems and functionality. And we offer all of our agents that refer mortgages, Finmo Pro and the Lender Spotlight as part of our model. The response so far has been a resounding thank you because it really does hugely impact your business and streamlines every part of the application and underwriting process. Totally. Okay. What's one book you can recommend for listeners? So I've heard that to form new ideas, you have to read an old book. So I would highly recommend Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I know it's not that old a book, but this book was probably the single point of change in my life that led me down the path of entrepreneurship and mortgages. You know, I never had you any probably formal... did that to a lot of people, actually. That book probably yeah. changed trajectories of a lot of people's lives, I can imagine. 
Yeah, I never had any formal training or education in finance. So when I read this book, there were many concepts that were completely foreign to me and they had a massive impact on my choices over the following year. So funny enough, I quit my job at the bank. You know, I lost lots of weight. I ended up starting a few new relationships, both romantically and personally and ending them. So everything kind of changed my life from that one perspective shift to the next. And then one change of action to the next, everything continues to change. But Rich Dad, Poor Dad is a very, very excellent book for anyone, especially working in finance. You should probably have read it at least once, yeah. I think. Yeah, it's a good one. Okay, so elevator pitch. This is a friend of my buddy, Chris. He does some shows with us. And so he always asks, hey, if you're in an elevator, you got somebody there, you've got 30 seconds to explain what you do. So if you got a mortgage client, why should somebody use you as their mortgage broker? The question, what do you do? That's something that people yeah. often ask. If someone asks you, what do you do? I always try to answer and it's a joke, but I do whatever it takes. You know, I'm all in. So whether it's uh, you as a client, my family, my life, I do whatever it takes. So if you're looking to buy a house, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure that we get you the best of everything. I need to hide a body. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be like, hey, I takes. know who to call. He said, whatever it takes, I got a body <laughs> yeah. I need to get rid of. Can you help me, Paul? Yeah, you yeah. said, man. Depending on what they're looking for, that client, you know. Right, yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm just messing with you. Yeah. Okay, so DeLorean question. This is, you know, the movie Back to the Future. If I could put you in the DeLorean, send you back to your very first day eight years ago, you're a mortgage broker and you got to say, listen, Paul, these are three things you must do. What would be the three things you would tell eight-year younger Paul? That's a great question. Number one, I think too many new agents, and I was guilty of this myself, focus on creating their own personal brand for mortgages, as opposed to using their existing personal brand for mortgages. Most people want to create a new Facebook page or this and that. Like you already have a network of people. Your whole life, you've been building a community of people. If you just foster that community and let them know that you are the expert and the authority in mortgages, that's the best marketing you could ever do market to the people you know. Number two, I would say focus on building long-standing relationships with like-minded individuals in the industry, whether that be realtors, other mortgage agents, lender partners, accountants, real estate lawyers, anyone. Your net worth is always going to equal your network. The more you focus on growing that network, the results that you're hoping for will follow. And then lastly, I would say show gratitude to your lender partners, because at the end of the day, the lenders are the ones holding the checks our clients need, and they work tirelessly to get deals done and very rarely are thanked or shown any appreciation for their efforts. We very much value our underwriting team at referral mortgages immensely. And we also value our underwriting partners at our lenders. Right. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. That's a totally healthy perspective. So where can people find you online? Online, I would say for myself, just Paul Stevenson on Facebook. I would encourage people to visit referralmortgages.com as well, just to check out what we're doing there. Aside from that, I'm on Instagram, just Paul R. Stevenson. And the Friday wrap-up you can find on any podcast platform, or you can find us on Facebook. Friday wrap-up, we do the show live every Friday. Awesome, man. Well, hey, thanks for taking your time to chat with me today. Thank you. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.